0: Hi, welcome to The Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at The Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. When you find those that make God's last command their first priority, you'll find a different spirit there. And the title of this message this morning is The Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit of Man. Whenever you find someone that that takes the last thing that God or the Holy Spirit spoke to them and they may, may, they've they made it their first priority, I would say that that's a different spirit. Because often, can, if, if I ask for a show of hands, I think every hand would go up. How often have we not prioritized Got our priorities right in that respect. Amen. And I want to show, I want to talk about a good example of this different spirit and use the example of two men in the Bible, Joshua and Caleb, because they had a different spirit. Amen. And be, but before I, I, I talk about Caleb and Joshua, I'd like to just talk about something. You may have heard this phrase before, prevailing spirits. Prevailing spirits. Prevailing spirits are spirits that exercise dominion over people and territories, places. They're prevailing spirits. Um, I didn't look up the dictionary meaning of prevail, but I means it, but I think it means they're they're always there and they're busy and they're kind of succeeding. Amen. So these are these prevailing spirits exercise dominion over people and territories. And so, you've seen in the tithes video there that one of the first cities conquered in the promised land was Jericho. But have any of you heard of the Canaanites? These were the people that occupied the promised land. Amen? Now, the Canaanites had a spirit, and it was a very lust-based spirit. So, it was very sexual. And it was also very greed-based, lust for money. Very, the Canaanite spirit was a very powerful spirit. These traits, um, lust is a powerful trait, would you agree? It drives so many people in our world today. The lust for things is the predominant driving force. And so um, God gave a command And that command was to annihilate these people along with their traits. So I want to explain a little bit more about that shortly. But God had already promised them, I'm for you and I'm with you. I'm going to be with you so that you can not only overcome these people, but you can overcome that spiritual culture because you're going there. That's the place where you're going. You're going, I've given you that place. And has anyone ever heard today people saying we're in a cultural battle? You'll hear that all the time. We're in a cultural battle because there's a prevailing spirit. And so the conquering was not only of man, of a group of people, but of a prevailing spiritual culture. And it was a very idolatrous, lust-based culture. Amen? Amen. So you know um God says there's the command I'm with you I'm for you on you go and you know I know that the that those we used to have uh something we see from time to time no god K N O W god no K N O W power no god no god no power so no god no so you understand where, <laughs> if that makes sense you know so but those that truly know His Word, that know His truth, will know His power. And so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the, the person and the function of the Holy Spirit, for a couple of weeks. And where, does, where is where is our power source? It is the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. So, you know, that... This is what we're talking about here this morning. So we'll know his power if we know his word and we know his truth and we're intimate with his spirit, we will know his power. And so, you know, if, if that is what the Holy Spirit's purpose is, to empower us to be witnesses, to win souls, then to be honest, we need a source of strength that will be, that'll be far greater than our natural strength. Because we can't we can't make it on our own. In that in that realm, you you just can't. I'm sorry, um, you will burn out, burn up, blow up, fizzle out. You it just won't work. We need the Holy Spirit, Amen. And so, you know, and, and a lot to a lot. There's a lot to do with our connection spiritually. And I want you to go to Job chapter 32 verse 8. Job or Job, Job, Job. Job 32 verse 8 says this, read this carefully, but there is a spirit in in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding, hallelujah, the man that's speaking there is a man called Elihu, and he's speaking to Job, Job's, you, you all know Job's got his friends there, his three friends, Elihu is giving, basically giving Job a good going over. And But what Elihu was talking about there was not the Holy Spirit. He was talking about man's spirit. He says there is a spirit in a man. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit because not everyone has received the Holy Spirit. He says, there's a spirit in a man and that's what you were created. That confirms to me that God, if anyone says to you when you're, when you're witnessing or when you're in conversation and they said, I'm just a human being, biological, flesh and blood, I've got a mind, I've got logic, I've got some common sense, I'm not, there's no spirit, there's no, nothing spiritual about me. That verse tells me that God created every walking person with a spirit. Whether they choose to acknowledge that or not, you have a spirit Amen? And when we neglect our spirit, our human spirit, we ultimately prepare ourselves to fail. And so let's go back to Joshua and Caleb quickly. Twelve spies went into the land. All right, 12. How many succeeded? Two. Two came back with a positive report. 16.66% came back with a positive report and 83% of this group was different to the 16.66%. I wonder why there was a difference there. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. Numbers 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb... Because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Amen that's why Caleb and Joshua succeeded because there was a different spirit in them what do you what your interpretation of that is they had given themselves over to God's plans and purposes, 100%. I want to leave a question hanging out there today. How do we fare when asked to walk into God's destiny for our lives? What what number are we part of? What percentage are we part of? When God says, I've got a place for you, this is what I need you to do today, this week, this month, this year, what, where, are, where are we? Are we in the 16.66% or are we in the 83.37% or whatever? My maths is terrible, but that's what it is. We all have a spirit, but are we allowing our spirit to be strengthened by a divine force that's leading us on in our mandate? Amen. Or are we resisting it? And the question is, why would we want to resist the Spirit of God? Why would we want to resist the Holy Spirit? Why did, why did the 83% resist that situation? The Bible tells us there, fear and intimidation. They said, these people are too big. This, this task is far too big. Lord, you must be wrong." That can't be the promised land. How can we move in there? Look at the size of them compared to the size of us. But how many of you in this place have started your own business and kept it going, done something, you achieved something against all the odds? It's because God God delights in leading us on by his Holy Spirit to complete the mandates that he's given us. Amen? You know, and the other thing is people often, you know, well, do you know what? Alex has much more, he's much more spiritual than me. He has much more of the Holy Spirit than I have. And we look around and we see other people and we think they're spiritual giants and we are grasshoppers or even less. But I want you to know that God releases more of his spirit to those who rightly divide and handle the word of truth. So the reason why some people seem to be advancing and getting on is because they are rightly dividing and handling the word of truth. And God's last command has become their first priority. Amen. The sword of his spirit is the word, and they're wielding that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. For the the fullness of the Spirit to manifest and the glory of God to be present. There's a few things. There's a mixture of things that have to take place. You could say they're the ingredients. You need believers. You need the Word of God. And you need the gifts of the Spirit for things to happen. Who else would, be, would it be good to have in the area at the time? Unbelievers. <laughs> <laughs> you others, but, but for the fullness of the Spirit to manifest in the glory of God to come down. And I truly desire to see that in Coenning in, in Ayrshire. I truly desire to see that in our church. Amen. I truly desire to see that in our church. For that to happen, you need believers. So you come here believing that the Holy Spirit is here and the presence of God is here. Amen. You, can't, you believe the Word, and you believe that the things of the Spirit, as we said a couple of weeks ago, are not hairy-fairy, there for now, there for today. They didn't stop after, after Pentecost, where I am not a cessationist. <laughs> Some people might have different views, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is here, and He's working, and He's going to be stirring, stirring us up and agitating us. Stir a passion in us. We will sing that with more holy fire and gumption in the weeks to come. Yeah, yeah. Amen. But I think a lot of people have been unsure of the things of the Spirit because of mishandling, misunderstanding things of the Spirit. We're still looking for signs, some of us, without the, the discernment that the supernatural, that for the supernatural, To take place, we have a responsibility to stave off spiritual neglect of our own spirits. There is a spirit in a man. Do you have a different spirit? Or are you just, no, I'll just go with the, I'm on the mainstream. You know, it's a sobering verse. The road that leads to life is not very wide. It's narrow. And if you have a different spirit in your school, or you have a different spirit in your social um, setting, don't, don't let that go. Hold on to that. It's my job as a pastor to tell you to hold on to God and hold on to that spirit. Yes. Hold, hold on to it. Amen? Yes. So we want to stave off spiritual God wants us to be strong. Yes. Amen. He wants us to be strong. And He wants us to be discerning. He doesn't want us to be fools or easily fooled. Amen. He doesn't want us to be fooled. He wants us to enjoy freedom in the spirit, but to remember that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to the work of saving souls. Amen. So our focus may be on the the the, the stuff that gets that's spectacular and that makes us feel oh thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit today, but ultimately I'm only the Holy Spirit is saying I'm here to help you to win souls. Yes. Here to help you to, to win souls. So we sang that song this morning stir a passion. Stir a passion. And there was there was something that happened at the pool of Bethesda. All of these there were people there waiting for something. They were waiting for the waters to be stirred. They were waiting for some, the waters to be agitated. They were waiting for some movement. And the word, you know, you know the word, the, the, the Lord sent an angel and the angel stirred the waters. The, the thing about Bethesda is those that went first received. It was those that went first. Of course, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he, he had been there and he, ah, everyone keeps on getting in in front of me. They're pushing in. But I can't get up. I don't, have the, I, don't, I don't have everything to get. I can't get there for the stirring. And of course, who passed by and told him, no, 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 come, get up. So, when things begin to stir, um, as this is a kind of, just from my point of view as a, as a pastor, attend to the stirring when the stirring happens. So, we prayed this morning. We don't look around us up here, or the, the team. Lord, make us small so we can make you big. Not look around us. But we, we are beginning to hear the, the unity in the spirit. I said we are beginning to hear it. We can hear it. We can hear it through, your, through the, the voices of the singing. You send a powerful. You send a powerful. I'll just, for want of a better word, you send a powerful vibe. You're glorifying God in this place. Amen. Attend to the stirring. When 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 you when you send something, don't try and put it down. Let boldness rise up in you. you don't have to. You don't have to be like that in church. Let let it, let it rise let it rise holy fire burn inside let it rise up amen so you've got to be at the right place attend to the stirring and when the spirit of god's in the proximity cry out and get his attention blind bartimaeus some there's some some there's some force in the area jesus is nearby i'm going to cry out jesus Son of David, that, those messianic words, Jesus, Son of David. He, the, the, the blind man recognized who Jesus was. Son of David, amen. And everyone around him said, hey, mm-mm, hey, listen, shut up. Shut up, man. This guy, this guy's, he's on a mission. He was on a mission. He's on a mission. Just shush now. And the more they told him to shush, shush, the more he cried and the more he shouted and the more he created a scene. Amen? When the Holy Spirit is moving, when he's in the proximity, begin to ask him to, to move in you. I love a song we used to sing, and we'll sing it again, Shekinah Glory. And what is what is the Shekinah Glory of God? The, Shekinah, the word Shekinah just means... Stay. Stay. So the Shekinah glory is a Shekinah moment is when, like Jesus there, Jesus in in Matthew in Mark chapter 10, verse 49, he heard blind Bartimaeus. What did he do? He stood still. He stayed. And he says, go and call that man and tell the man to come over. A Shekinah moment is when God's Spirit decides, I'm going to stay here. Now, we know he's in our hearts, but the presence of God, to the Shekinah glory of God is, is something that moves in to where a group of believers are and and becomes resident there. Amen? So what happens when the Spirit decides to stay in a place? This is what, what, what makes me excited. The anointing falls. When the Spirit decides I'm standing still here. Um, and we're gonna have a Shekinah moment here because I'm here. When the Spirit decides to stay, the anointing falls. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And why the anointing? Why the anointing? Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Amen. So um, we Jesus was very certain about why he was John, John baptized him. You know, God's not confused. God is not confused. He knows exactly what he's doing. Why don't we sometimes share the same certainty that Jesus did? This is why I've been anoint, um, baptized. This is why I've been anointed. Amen? He knew, Jesus knew exactly what the outcome would be after his baptism. And then he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Luke, that's all in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to set at liberty the captives, to to give recovery of sight to the blind. He's like, I know exactly why the Holy... Father, my Father, I know exactly why the Holy Spirit is with me on earth in my my ministry. It's because I'm doing all of those things in Luke chapter 4. The Holy Spirit's anointing wasn't so... Jesus just knew. He didn't abuse the, the Spirit it was for the sake of others and today the holy spirits for the sake of others it's not for the the it's not for the um what do they call it the puffing up of ourselves and our ministry it's for others amen it's for others. It's for the sake of the poor and the brokenhearted and the, and the, the, the people that need delivered, you know? And so Jesus knew, hang on a second, I'm, my ministry's going to be around three years, three and a half years, but what's going to happen after that? He takes the baton, passes it on to the disciples, and they take the baton, and the early church begins to, to grow and flourish and then they hand the baton off. Have you received the baton? Have you taken the baton? And are you running with that baton now? Have you taken it? The purpose of the anointing in the second part of Acts, uh, the purpose of the anointing, sorry, is the second part of Acts eight. You shall be witnesses to me. So it's empowered for Witness. Amen. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. You'll be witnesses to me in, you know, Kewinning, Stevenson, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, even even to even to Bride, even to even to Bride, glorious Wesco Bride, um, or wherever. I don't know who's furthest. I think some of our Precious Sisters at the back there are some quite far-traveled ones um, up that way, um, cross hands and all over the place. People, thank God that people travel to church, you know? um, It was, we used to, because we had to drive a long way to church in South Africa. I had to get up in the morning, super early, and there was usually an argument, and it was like, (laughs) to get in the car and to drive to the other side of Johannesburg to go to church, and it's like you know you were just as a moody teenager, you just, ah. Oh, but then of course you get to church and you see your friends and people you know, and it's like it's good to be here, you know. So, um, you, you know, people have got we have a local church mentality, but sometimes we have to go further for what we need. So never never rule that out, amen. So the purpose of the anointing was not for inner healing sanctification or comfort these see we get the byproducts of the anointing we get all of those things as the byproducts but the main the main thing was always to empower the one witnessing amen and the early church they after all of the the crucifixion and the resurrection and everything else it was the anointing that brought the the early church kind of out of hiding it's like Come on, now it's time to go out there and do this. Amen. And it can bring us out of our hiding places. The anointing can bring you out of your hidey hole or wherever you've decided, I'm just going to stay here because this feels good and I'm comfortable here and everything's okay. If we're truly ready to say, Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me, fill me with your power, satisfy, you know, then if we truly are, He'll bring us out amen. And I, 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 I'm going to close shortly, but I want to, I want to um, close with two principles, two power principles available to us that we need to remember and to continue to trust in these and, and what are they. Well, first of all, I want to ask you, is it our responsibility to save people? I can't save anybody. I would be useless at saving folk. I can't save anyone. There's not enough persuasion in me to truly save one soul. So, the first principle is the Word of God. Romans 10 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Until I begin speaking the Word full of the Holy Spirit, no one's getting saved. I can't save anybody it's a it's 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 a sovereign work of the lord it's his totally his by his grace and faith comes saving saving faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god amen if the ground of the heart is good if the ground of the heart is good soil and you say lord use me today guaranteed you'll probably end up in front of someone who's who 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 you need to speak to amen and it's amazing when you open people up. I was speaking to a, a young guy this morning. They're busy um, putting a new roof on our house. And, I was, he, and, and he was always smiling. I said, I, how's it, Robert? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. And I had to check myself because you know what you always say? Did you have a good night? Did you? And uh, I didn't mean it that way. And he says, I've been sober for seven years. He's only 31. I've been sober for seven years. <laughs> and I said, oh, tell me about it. He says, no, it was, uh, you know, I've got my partner and I've got two wee, two wee ones now. And you know what? I was, my, I was, my life was going to explode. I, I, I had to stop. He's been totally dry for seven years. And he, he just looks radiant, you know. And he's not even saved yet. <laughs> but yet, but, but there's, there's a spirit in a man. And I think people know. And when you get to talking to folk, there's going to be a connection. There's going to be a spark there. Amen. So we do our part and we let the Word of God do its part because the Word says in Isaiah 55, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that for which I sent it. Amen. And so the first one is, is that um, the Word. The second power principle is the person we've been speaking about for weeks, the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's the Holy Spirit that introduces this second power. Is it my job to convict people of sin? No. Is it your job to convict people of sin? Have I convicted people of sin? Yes, probably in a very bad and a wrong way in the past. I've done things the wrong way. But it's not my job conviction of sin comes to a person when the spirit in them the spirit of a man is awakened when their conscience is awakened to their that they are sinners amen without conviction of sin there can be no repentance so it's an essential part of salvation and the holy spirit that has to be in that amen so it's the holy spirit's job to bring awakening and conviction into people's lives. How's that? In John 16:7, we know this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, Jesus is saying, it's to your advantage if I go away. Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit's not going to come. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Not you, David McLaughlin. He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin because they don't believe in me. We all talk. Everyone talks about, this, you know. Well, you know, I, I, lie, I steal. Um, anyone watched the way of the master? or, or seen any of that? You see, um, forget his name now. Um, and he goes and he he, 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 engages people, and eventually he says, "So by after our conversation, what you're really saying is you're a lying, thieving, uh, da, 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 adulterer." Da, da. And 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 the the person's like. Uh, totally shell-shocked. And then you sometimes see the beginning, the light beginning to dawn on them. You know? So, but really, the the greatest sin of all is the sin of unbelief. So there's a threefold ministry the Holy Spirit's doing here. Conviction of sin. The foremost sin is the sin of unbelief. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is just going to I believe in his way, show people that their ways are wrong. Their ways are wrong. Amen. Whatever we believe to be right in our own eyes, if you open your life up to the Holy Ghost, he'll put you right. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit's involved in the conviction of sin, people will then have the opportunity to accept or reject that. Amen. The second one is... um, The first one was was, um, sin, wasn't it? Uh, The second one was of righteousness. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, the righteous standard. Amen. There's a righteous standard we're all held to. Despite people in the world denying that truth, and as wrapping up my announcements during the message this morning, you may have found this on your seat. It's the election briefing from the Christian Institute. And I, couldn't, I cannot say enough how valuable this would be for you to read. Please read it. If you haven't already cast your vote, please read this. We got them posted to us for you. Please read them. And by the way, I love the Christian Institute for unbiased standing. They're they're just saying this is exactly what every party believes, and I'm saying that in terms of there's a denial of absolute truth in the society we live in, and we as the church have to maintain a righteous standard of the truth, and I tell you what, you have a read through that, and it it will alert you and open your eyes to certain things. Amen? The standard bearer of righteousness is not us. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. He himself is that standard. I, we could never match his righteousness, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And we can never be righteous on our own. No, no amount of money, no gazillion trillions could ever get that. Can never earn it or anything. Amen. We did not deserve righteousness, but God graced us with righteousness. And the last one is judgment. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, is involved in judgment. The world's facing judgment, and the Holy Spirit is to convict them of that truth, that in the future, there is a day when you will be accountable for your life. Amen? Some people will say it's the day of reckoning. It's when justice... And God can't go back on his word, so it's not going to change. It's when justice will be delivered. Amen? So praise God. Thank God that he went to the cross, defeated um, Satan, the grave, the the power of death over us. He rose from the dead and... um, He is now, uh, the baton was passed and we now have his Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.